Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. Be here in my face. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler, Big Herbie Herbot. What's up? Trey, Sticky Fingers Jose. Hello, hello. Hola. Hola, and welcome to training camp. Let's ride. Let's ride. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate you guys. <laughs> we're in it, man. We're in the... Uh, we're moving through the dog days. We're getting closer and closer to the season, and um, it's exciting. It truly, truly is exciting. Today, we have another uh, divisional episode. I think we're covering the NFC East here. Yep. So, not a super exciting <laughs> division, but there's some there's some things to be discussed and talked about, I think, here um, on a couple of the teams. So, it uh, should be a good show. Want to start uh, with the news, though, of today. It is July 26th, so some of the more recent news uh, around the NFL, you know, training camp obviously starting, things are starting to get reported and heat up. Um, let's start with the big one, though. Obviously, Julio Jones signs a one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yo, yo, yo. Here's a real question. I didn't mean to cut you off. I know you're going to say more. What were we going to say? I thought you were about to start rapping or something. Yeah, yo, check, yo, check it out. Check it out. Julio Jones. No. Um, do you guys really think he's going to play this year? And like, like a full season? I mean, he probably won't be able to stay healthy, but. Do you put him above Russell Gage? Who? Yes. No. He's going he's gonna to end up being above Russell Gage in ADP, <clears throat> don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think he out, out produces him, too, as long as they're on the same, on you know, playing. Oh, See, that's why I asked. So you still think Julio's or Julio's got <laughs> some? T- <laughs> Julio. I was thinking of Juice and Julio <laughs> at the same time. Some Juicy though. <laughs> yeah, he does. I mean, he he was injury. You know, he's injury prone, but when he's out there, he does produce. So, uh, yeah. well, it's his okay. hamstring, right? That's like repeatedly. Okay, last year him. he had thirty. I mean, obviously it was career lows, but he had thirty-one catches for four hundred thirty-four yards. That's a great average, still. So. When he's on the field, he does still produce. When he's on the field, that's what I'm getting at. That <laughs> hamstring has been a problem ever since he was yeah. on the Falcons. Yeah, well. uh, um, I don't really, I don't know. I don't see myself drafting Julio Jones at all. I don't think this year. Well, I didn't say you necessarily have to go draft him. I'm just saying he's do better than Russell Gage is. So you would draft Russell Gage, maybe? I would draft Russell Gage if I needed uh, someone to throw in as a flex or receiver, you know, that I think could have a hot start before Chris Godwin gets back, but. Oh, well, that's the next bit of news. Yeah, that's the next bit. See how I did that? Yeah, I like that's it. professional. <laughs> that is a true pro. Um, actually didn't read the next line <laughs> until now. <laughs> uh, Chris Godwin announces that he is cleared for training camp. So he's back 100%. What's the report? That's, he says he's he's clear to start playing. I'm not sure if that does necessarily mean he's he's gonna be you know ready to start week one. But the fact that he's already being able to be cleared for full practices, it's a really big step. I mean, he's only what six months removed from the torn ACL. It's, that's big. Yeah, that's a pretty quick recovery. <clears throat> so with Julio Jones and Chris Godwin, both uh, Julio Jones injuries are obviously he's more injury prone than Chris Godwin is because Chris Godwin has like that one injury last year. Yeah, but let's just say. Julio Jones hammy's acting up. Chris Godwin ends up not making a full recovery. Something happens. He gets injured again. Russell Gage is looking pretty damn nice. Yeah. Yeah, he could be a, a nice late-round flyer. Yeah. I've been kind of drafting him as that. Um, that's kind of what I envision going into the season as far as where his ADP will sit um, in you know the big-time drafting uh, in August. So I don't know. It's one of those things. Let's see how training camp plays out. Um, Chris Carson officially retires because of the neck injury. Um, we kind of saw this one coming, but still sad to see it all come to an end. I think he's 26? 26. 26, 27, something like that. Yeah, he, he's, he's still pretty young. So not that old. Obviously a talented player. Um, but now it's the Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker the third show. I called it, I called it, I fucking called <laughs> it, been calling it 
said on the yeah. last episode, you tried to claim my call. I, did. I called it. <laughs> I said it, man. Find the tape. Find the tape. It, it, it's on there. I said it in quite a few episodes. That neck problem, I knew it was going to be a problem, man. If you're interested on a breakdown, though, of Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker III, we did cover that in the last episode uh, when we covered the NFC West. So go find that, and that'll satisfy, hopefully. Uh, Kyler Murray's newly signed contract has a requirement of at least four hours worth of film study a week. Yeah, okay. I only put this in as news because, like, it's a really weird thing to come out, and it make and the fact that they put it into his contract makes it feel like they like the team doesn't think he prepared enough in previous seasons. And so, what do you guys? So, I mean, was was he not prepared? Was he not the hardest worker like he should be? As a quarterback, probably should be. Usually, quarterbacks are you know first one in, last one out type of guys. And if he's not, like, was it make you think of Kyler Murray in terms of like what his ceiling could be for his career, really, not just for the season? Definitely a bit of a red flag for me. You know, I think you want to get paid, you know, $200 million and be an NFL quarterback. Like, you think you would be a little bit more motivated to watch film. I don't know. Maybe he was watching film, just not enough for there. But four hours a week is not a lot of film. <laughs> That's no, a very small uh, amount. Shit, man. You'll see quarterbacks football. do four hours a day. Yeah, easy. Um, but we're talking personal film, if that's written right from our news notes. Just to do on his own, like, without yeah. Yeah. being forced to. Oh, I read that as, like, him watching film on himself. Like homework. Like, a practice film of whatever the fuck he's doing. No, yeah, no. just just on his own, yeah. But, it, I mean, mm. it there can be something to be said about their performance, you know, at the end of the season, the last two or three years has not been very good. And so it's kind of one of those things where, you know, as the season goes on, defenses get better. Your offense, you know, only has so many new things that you can add. Usually they try to add stuff, you know, new stuff every week. But at some point you have, you have to stick with your bread and butter. Defenses figure it out with Kyler. And we've kind of seen them struggle trying to go into the playoffs the last few years. So I wonder if that's part of it, you know. Starting yeah. out hot and dying out. I mean, because part of film study is also film, uh, you know, w- w- looking what you're doing as a team, right? And adjusting to what defense are giving you at that point, because obviously they're making adjustments. So, I mean, that goes both ways, not just studying defense. You have to study yourself as a, at the same time. So, yeah. it's it's interesting. It's a weird little caveat that came out this week that, you know, I, it makes me worried. If we're being real, though, four hours a week, that's like thirty five minutes a day. Yeah, it's basically. Nothing. It's like my poop time. I was week. literally going to say that. <laughs> I was literally going to say, I spend more time shitting per day. Like, you just do it while you're taking a shit, dude. Just pull that shit up on your phone. Yeah. Just like, oh, okay. Just yeah, personal it's film. Weird. $200 million. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. That is a weird situation. And I don't know. Hopefully he maybe steps it up now after getting the big contract. Maybe that was part of it. But it, it also is something to be said. It's pretty impressive that he's able to go out there and do what he does. Without knowing what the hell is going on around him, for the most part, I, know. You know? I mean, obviously, we don't want to think that he's out there just like playing backyard football and not studying at all. Sometimes that's what it looks like. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, let's be fair. Half, like a quarter of the time, with most of these most of these quarterbacks, that's what it looks like what they're all doing. Sure. Yeah. Backyard football. Yeah. Uh, another little sad bit here: Texans rookie wide receiver John Mechie the third is now out for the season after being diagnosed with leukemia. Which kind of sucks. I was rising on John Mechie um, this year as a late-round flyer just because of the opportunity, and he's a good player coming out of Alabama. Um, yeah, that kind of sucks, man. You were rising? Like, how so? Like, pants-wise? Yes. What does that mean? Man. Are you, like, rising and you were drafting like, him higher than you thought you were? I was would, rising like, on my... You know his ranking anticipation of what he might be able to do this year. Are we talking astrology? Like you're a Capricorn, John Mechie rising. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, to say something real, wasn't he projected to be like the wide receiver two on this offense when he came back from injury? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's it's. I think it's a bigger deal than it's being made of. I don't even find out that this happened until like today or yesterday, and no it, one's it, talking it about it. It came out today. It was today. Yeah. Yeah, no one's talking about it's how a, a team lost their wide receiver too, and now they're yeah. left with Nico Collins, Chris yeah, Conley. 
Yeah, I mean Brandon Cooks, baby. Well, I'm yeah. talking about wide receiver too, though. After yeah. Brandon Cooks, yeah. like, well, who's going to be that guy? I think it's just because it's the Texans, and you know, I don't know, a rookie yeah. who hasn't actually played in the NFL yet. And but it's certainly sad. I mean, I hope that you know this isn't something that really derails his career or even his life at that point. You know, if he never plays plays football again, that sucks. But hopefully, he doesn't you know completely take away from you know his well being. So hopefully, he makes a quick recovery, and that's all we can really ask for, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's get into the NFC least. I mean, East, um, we'll start at the, the top with the Dallas Cowboys. Not really the top, Jerry, but okay. Jerry's world. Um, Dak Prescott. How are we, I mean, I guess, first of all, how do we feel about this offense coming into this year? Um, pretty much the same, same group of guys outside of Amari Cooper being gone. Um, any general thoughts before we get into each player individually? Um, I'm a little worried because I feel like on the outside, there's just no weapons anymore. You basically have CeeDee Lamb because Michael Gallup's still coming off of injury, so he's going to be missing you know, some time in the beginning of the year. You have... Uh, he got shipped... You know, guy got shipped off to Cleveland. Uh, um, a guy. We won't even name him. <laughs> Doesn't deserve to be named. And then you also lost Cedric Wilson to Miami. Like You are missing your three or top four receivers from last year. So that's worrisome. Uh, now, granted, they also played offense at the fastest pace last season, so that should help You know, give easy open looks to some guys. But you're talking about a lot of no names on the outside, outside of C.D. Lamb right now. Yeah, speaking of C.D. Lamb, he is, uh, where's he at in ADP? 17 overall? I mean, overall? Uh, 18 overall, six wide receiver. 18 oh. overall, six wide receiver off the board. So you're drafting him, you know, uh, middle is second. How do we feel about CD being alone? You know, is this the year where you know, he still did well last year, but it, it did feel kind of like a, a letdown, you know, um, overall in the whole season. But this year, I mean, it's his team. Do we see like a top five, top six finish out of CD Lamb? in as a potential top 15 i'll say that i think that's possible yeah i think top 15 is possible i top five is way too rich i would think i think too rich honestly i wouldn't even want to draft him in the second round if he felt to me in the third like beginning of the third i'd be okay with that but i don't really want him in the, in the middle of the second right now either that's why i was surprised that seems pretty high yeah i mean that's where he's going it, i you know if you drafted like you'd you'd be drafting him as your wide receiver one unless you took a receiver in the first round, obviously. Right. Um that's where it kinda scares me, you know. I, I think C D will have a, a, a good year, but I feel comfortable with him as my wide receiver too. If I go wide receiver, wide receiver, and then look for running backs later, um, with my next two picks. Um but as my wide receiver one, I'm not a hundred percent there right now. C.D. Lamb or Deontay Johnson? Johnson. Oh, I, would, I mean, I would go C.D. You can get Deontay later. Yeah, it, it, they are at about twenty picks apart in overall. Yeah, but yeah. I would also go player De- for player. Deontay. I would go. I would go C.D. this year for sure, just because of the quarterback situation. But drafting at that position though, around nineteen. It, it really depends on how I drafted. You know, if I took like a Cooper Cup or Justin Jefferson. The first round, and I'm just going wide receiver heavy. I'm o- I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, granted, if you're taking if you're on receiver wide receiver and you're taking seeding the middle of the second round, that's a, to me that seems like a weird strategy. Normally, you see a zero running back strategy when you're drafting at the end of a round. Yeah. Um, if you're like taking it, yeah, Cooper Cup totally at like number depends. five, yeah, it, it's yeah. all different. But I don't know. It just seems it's a little much for me. Plus, see Lamb. He's this is gonna be his third league, third year in the league, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah, so uh, those are things you're supposed to know. <laughs> I, just, I just want a confirmation. Okay? <laughs> That's correct. I'm just trying to bring you guys in with me. You know, um, he's led. He leads the league in drops since he's came into the league by like a pretty large margin. So that's a concern. Also, he can't learn to catch the ball, and he, you know, it's kind of his job. So, Ezekiel uh, Elliott is running back 18 right now, 31 overall. Um, so a guy that has finished. Gosh, he's been in the top 10 every single year mm-hmm. top mm-hmm. i think he was running back six last year it was like it was around 10 or nine was it it was his worst finish so far but he's always been top 10 
And top five most of those years. He was running back seven. Running back seven. Oh, okay. Um, this year, people are out on him, even though, you know, all the reports I've seen and everyone talking about him heading into training camp says that he looks like he's in the best shape he's ever been in. He looks super fit, um, looks ready to go. Is this someone you're going to target um, if you don't take a running back with your first two picks? I'll just say it's probably pretty easy to look fit if you have a six-pack and you're pretty buff and you wear crop tops all the time. So <laughs> Makes it a little easier. Yeah, it's probably a little easier. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, honestly, where he's being drafted right now in the third round, I love. I think that's a great ADP to get him at. Um, I think he's going to be better this year than people are giving credit for. I know there's the rise of Tony Pollard, but I think Zeke is still going to be the one who gets most of the touches in this backfield. Yeah, an interesting uh, poll that we did on our Twitter the other day. Follow us at the FF Fathers on Twitter if you want to be part of these polls. I, because these guys are all around the same ADP, literally within like one or two picks at the time. It was choose either you're drafting at the top of the third, you have two stud wide receivers in the first two rounds, right? And you can choose between David Montgomery, Ezekiel Elliott, James Conner, or Cam Akers. It was 33%. David Montgomery, and then the next person was Zeke, and Cam and James Conner were kind of near the bottom of that. I thought it was pretty interesting that people yeah. are really liking David Montgomery more than Zeke this year. Um, You know, and I'm kind of probably with that only because of the... I mean, I, again, I just said I expect Zeke to still have the lion's share of the carry in this backfield, but there's no competition for David Montgomery in Chicago. Right. I mean, sure, Khalil Herbert, you know, jumped in last season when David got her and, and you know, played well. But I don't think it, he played well enough to come in and eat any carries from David Montgomery because we also saw when Montgomery came back, Kilgore was no longer part of the game plan. Beast. Yeah. So speaking of uh, Tony Pollard, looks you know you can get him right about the eighth round right now. Is how much does he eat into Zeke's role this year, um, or can we see a situation where they're both on the field at the same time, uh, much like I anticipate with the Green Bay Packers? backfield i can see that happening with their wide receiver core being a little depleted really depending on michael gallup coming back uh they do have james washington who's really not like the best receiver ever but i mean he's capable i guess but i mean rashad penny is going one pick behind tony pollard right now in overall which is pretty wild Rashad penny is rising for sure oh yeah with the news i'm sure chris carson wasn't too big of a hindrance on his ADP, but with the news of Carson officially not being part of the backfield now, it's going to raise some for sure. Um, but with that being said, I would prefer Penny, you know, one spot after Tony Pollard for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I would too. <clears throat> I would too. Um, yeah, I was just looking at targets last year for running backs, and it's interesting. Zeke is seventh or eighth in the league, finished with uh, – 65 targets through the air last year, right behind Aaron Jones. Actually tied with Aaron Jones. Wow, that's surprising. One above Josh Jacobs. <laughs> Even more surprising, dude. But Josh Jacobs only played 15 games, so we'll just I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, anyone else you want to talk about? Well, Dak here, I guess. QB7 um, going 65 overall. I think it's a little rich for me as a quarterback. I think because like right now Russell is going in the eighth, so I think I'd prefer that. A hundred percent, yeah. I would definitely go Russ over Dak this year. Um, also, you can get Jalen Hurts right there in the six. Yeah, you get Jalen Hurts, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr. Well, and Stafford all after that. Yeah, Stafford, Brady, like those are guys you can wait on. You know, so. And that's exactly what I would do. I, yeah. I think Dak will have a, a good year, but yeah, at the cost, I'm not sure it's worth it right now. Yeah. And uh, Kirk Cousins, good old consistent Kirk Cousins is even further below those guys. Yeah. And Dalton Schultz, tight end seven, uh, going 66 overall right now. Yeah, that seems a little rich for me too, for Dalton Schultz. The only reason I'd say it, it isn't because of all things we said about like there's not any very many pass catchers right now and Schultz you know clearly cleared out of or carved out a very good role in this offense and I can see that increasing especially at the beginning of the year when there's no one else to throw to besides him and C.D. Lamb. True, true. Well, we always talk about the tight end plateau being like five deep. You know, the typical five: Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts is in the conversation now, and George Kittle. 
Darren Waller. Consistent, that's where like the plateau is. Kyle Pitts, I don't know if I'd really include him yet, but he's probably going to be this year, right? If there's anyone else who's going like, to add themselves to that plateau before the point drop-off in top tight ends, which has always been major, Dalton Schultz is probably that guy. Him or TJ Hawkinson, if Hawkinson can stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. so I, I don't mind taking Dalton Schultz in the, you know, you're talking about somewhere between like the middle of the sixth and beginning of the seventh round there, so. Yeah, I'm just too busy drafting Jalen Hurts there, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, New yeah. York Giants. Uh, let's move on to the Giants here. Saquon Barkley, running back thirteen right now, going twenty fourth overall in drafts. <clears throat> we all know what Saquon is as a player. Um, we all know the unlucky history with injuries. Dayball is now in town. Um, the offensive line is better, um, at least on paper. <laughs> at least on paper. What do we what do we think with Barkley? I mean, are you taking him in the second round? As well, I mean, that's two? at the very end of the second, so you're going to you know like last pick of the second, beginning of the third, and yeah, I, I I've I mean, you guys have listened to any of our episodes previously. Anytime Saquon's been brought up, I'm a big Saquon believer bouncing back this year. I think Dayball, you know, realizes that there's not a whole lot of great you know players on this offense, and he's going to find ways to put Barkley out in the open field where he can make plays. And, you know, we see the Barkley we wanted to see his, you know, what we saw his rookie year and part of his second year before he got hurt in, you know, halfway through like game two. And we talk about running backs who don't have competition a lot and how that's enticing. And he is one of those running backs. True. But with all that injury history, it's definitely scary. But you've been so confident in Dayball, honestly, it's making me like Saquon more the more we talk about it. So you're slowly uh, indoctrinating me. <laughs> I just feel like Dayball he plays with tricks. I know people are like, well, they didn't have any good running backs in Buffalo. But like he's like, that's why they didn't have any good. They didn't have anybody to give the ball to. Right, right. So he used Josh Allen as his RB one. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they utilize him. I, you know, for me, I'm just I haven't bit the bullet yet on drafts or anything like that. I mean, I might take a shot on him, and if, but I'm not drafting Saquon heavily this year. You know, across the board. Um, it just is what it is, man. I don't, I don't, I think this offense is going to struggle. I think there's going to be some struggles, but yeah, I agree. I'm not the biggest believer in Daniel Jones. I haven't been since the beginning. They're going to give him a full year again to, I mean, what else are they going to do? So who's his backup? Yeah, I don't even know exactly. So, I mean, isn't it long neck? I don't know. Long neck Glennon. Oh, is it? Yeah. Isn't it Glennon? I think you're right there. Glennon come in there and move the rock around. Uh, Kadarius, Tony, Going as wide receiver forty six right now, one sixteen overall, and then Kenny Galladay, wide receiver fifty five, one forty nine oh, overall. Mike Glenn is not there. It's actually Tyrod Taylor. Oh, there you go. Oh, Tyrod. Let's see. Any interest in uh, these receivers? No. Uh, and Sterling Shepard's still there. But it, it, it's interesting how quickly Galladay and Shepard have both fallen off as far as being like interesting receivers. I hardly ever watch Giants games, but. I mean, the stats kind of show for themselves. But have these guys really fallen off that hard? Sterling Shepard was someone I was really interested in for a couple of years. Yeah, but he tore his Achilles late yep. in the season. Achilles tear. He's mm. toast. Uh, yeah. yeah, and not a great quarterback either. No, but I agree. I mean, Sterling Shepard, when he was playing last year, played great. He did. Yeah, he was doing some pretty special things. Katerius Stoney, you know, Showed flashes as well. Yeah, yeah, that one big game. <laughs> I mean, that's something though that, like, there's guys out there that are playing the league right now that physically can't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, have that type of a game in an NFL game. Um, so that is something to be said. You know, I just, I, I don't have any faith in this offense being very good this year. So, Saquon's the only giant I'm drafting. Yeah, or even even attempting to draft. Yeah. Well, my counter argument is if this team's not going to be very good, they're going to be losing. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Yeah, yeah. You get that garbage time thing. But yeah, 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 right. Well, who are they going to be throwing the ball to, right? Kadarius Tony. I don't know. Good luck to him. I'm not going to be watching. The thing is, they could be, they could try to throw the ball, but Daniel Jones is still the quarterback and doesn't necessarily get the ball <laughs> right. to the to the receiver. They do have Ricky Seals Jones. Remember how nice he was for oh, the Commanders. Man. Just I know. that sucks for him. Hey, you're right. It's an upgrade over Evan Ingram. Yeah, yeah, dropping balls there in Jacksonville already. 
on a pass that literally any of us could go make right now, like go catch right now off the couch. I appreciate your confidence in my hands. Yeah, dude. That's no, that's how little confidence I have in Evan Ingram. <laughs> I'll take it, dude. Uh, let's move on to the Philadelphia Eagles Man. team that, you know. That was the fastest we've gone through any team ever. That's about it. <laughs> it's awful. Uh, the Philly Eagles, man. Th- <laughs> this team really, I mean, th- it all is on the back of Jalen Hurts, right? Like, they went out. They signed the big-time wide receiver talent. They still have Dante Smith. Obviously, Miles Sanders has been effective. Um, Kenneth Gainwell, the young running back there as well. It's all on Jalen. Like, he has to go out and have a year this year, I think, um, to get that long-term commitment from the Philadelphia Eagles you know it was it was rough at times last year but that's what it kind of takes you know to to come in the league as a rookie quarterback like you're going to take some bumps and bruises and things aren't going to be easy and I know he's not the most gifted passer but um, there have been reports that he's been improving really really well Um, they like his um, progression as a quarterback so far they could come out and win this division, oh, in my opinion. Yeah, they have the talent, too, for sure. Oh, yeah. I'll be making some bets here soon at the old Caesars Sportsbook on division winners, and I believe <laughs> this is the team I'll be putting my money on for the I NFC think I would. Yeah, I think I would, too. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to Jalen, I mean, we have to remember, through the first half of the season last year, he was QB1 overall. Uh, he was that good. Yeah. He fell off. He had some injury issues, and he kind of fell off, but... And in real football, like not even playing that well, no, like, up to his full potential. Yeah, he was a great fantasy quarterback, not a very good, you know, NFL quarterback, but he was winning you games that way. So, and he also, you know, he had the Eagles on the brink of the playoffs. So, like, they weren't necessarily winning games, but they weren't they weren't winning games because of him. They weren't necessarily losing games because of him either. So, yeah, I think I think Jim, you're completely right. If he makes a leap this year to where the Eagles, are like, hey, this can be our quarterback of the future, the Eagles are gonna be a team to watch for sure. And I love, you know, where he's going in drafts right now. Like, you know, all this hype is surrounding Trey Lance and and all that. And to me, it's like you can basically get Trey Lance and someone that you know is going to go out there and produce a massive amount of fantasy points, you know, later in the draft like Jalen Hurts. Trey Lance is still a gamble. We know it's his team now. They yeah. officially said today they're moving on from Jimmy. They're moving on to Trey. Um Shout out to Trey. Shout out to all the Trey's. Um, <laughs> but still, like, Trey Lance is going to have some ups and downs this year, you know, as his first fold. Like, I think you said it in the last show when we covered the NFC West. Like, it's it's not going to be all rainbows and butterflies. Like, everyone in the fantasy community is expecting just because he can run the ball really well. Right. And Shanahan is really good offensive coordinator um, or play caller or whatever you want to call him. But, um yeah, I love Jalen, dude, in the six right now. Like, it's just such an easy pick. It's also funny to see how different. So, Jalen was one of my like quarterback, my sleeper quarterbacks last year. I drafted him with the 11th pick in the 15th round last season in our draft. <laughs> Ended yeah. up as a top 10 quarterback. Yeah, it was an absolute steal. And now he's going sure. in the sixth round this year. So, it's it's crazy how one season can change the perception of a single player. How do you feel about your boy, Miles Sanders, running back 28 right now, overall of 67? Man, it. First of all, that ADP is disrespectful. Is it? Yes, it's disrespectful. Are you kidding me? <laughs> God, this man scored zero touchdowns last zero. Year. He got no. He averaged four and a half yards a carry. He like led. He was one of the top five in the league of that, and they didn't give him the fucking chances to run the ball. I don't understand that. I already had my counter argument prepared for you while you guys were talking. Double digit points in three games out of thirteen games. Snap percentage hovering around sixty percent getting even lower as the season progresses okay but here's the thing what do you like what do you think that is like is it them trying to get Gainwell involved other backs i think it's probably that but it didn't make sense because when they gave miles sanders the ball he was by far the most efficient running back they had they just kept taking the ball out of his hands for no reason there was a game he had 33 percent snap percentage maybe he got injured nine carries 64 yards yeah seven yard average I mean, I don't care how good he's actually playing. Apparently, they don't want to use his ass. Don't worry. I think that I think that they're going to look at the tape and be like, "Whoa, wow, this guy's pretty damn good. He was better than other running backs. Let's give him the ball more." And if they don't, then they should all be fired. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. 
You say don't worry, and that's all I do is worry <laughs> when I think about this backfield. I would hand him the ball 80% of the time. But they don't. Yeah, they don't even let him on the goddamn the field eighty percent <laughs> okay. of the time. But we have to remember, like like last year, it was his, you know, a new new regime. They were getting their own stuff to put together. You want to see what would work? I think this year they shout out to woodworkers. <laughs> God, <laughs> who's doing woodwork? A yeah, woodwork? yeah. So I just think that like they're gonna be able to look back and self evaluate. Woodworking. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. They're gonna self evaluate and realize that Sanders is their best bet in the backfield. Yeah, you want some nice. Soft, smooth wood to ride the pine on. Sure, woodworking. That's where. That's sanders. where Gainwell is going to be riding the pine more often next season. Speaking of wood, I don't know, man. Gainwell's <laughs> he's interesting, uh, mostly because of his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, running back forty nine right now, one hundred and forty two overall for Kenneth Gainwell. He's a guy that I was picking up last year just because of the skill set and opportunity, and he got a decent amount of work for a rookie um, behind Miles Sanders so I like him you know I think uh, he's a good late round uh, guy to keep an eye on in my opinion good cuff to have right because they will also run the ball with him when necessary yeah yep he ran the ball he actually scored touchdowns last year oh, oh disrespect well, that's something disrespecting the Sanders <laughs> the old Sandman uh, AJ Brown, obviously the massive acquisition made by the team, uh, to go out and trade for AJ Brown during the NFL draft. Uh, right now he's the wide receiver 11 and going 28th overall. So you're looking at, uh, you know, late second, early third round draft pick here. How do we feel about that with AJ Brown? Not great. It seems a little high. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I I mean, I saw that when I was looking at all these things, and like I saw where his ADP was, and I saw where Devontae Smith's ADP was. I was like, right. I like in those positions, I want Devontae all day. Yeah, speaking of Devontae, wide receiver 36, overall 87. Back in the ninth round. You AJ, I mean, I get it. AJ Brown is a, a freak athlete, but we're still waiting on Jalen to progress as a thrower and it's not going to be automatic this year. Like I think he'll have a better year, but I don't know if it's going to be enough to really, um, you know, bring enough value to AJ Brown to have him pay off for that draft capital. Like that's just really expensive. Yeah. I pretty much agree. If I'm choosing between the two, like, like you said with the ADPs, I'm going after Devonta Smith Devonte, Devonte, Devonte. I've said that so many times already in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, so Devonte Smith, I, I would rather have him later on in the rounds. But I had him last year, and I have him in a couple of dynasty leagues. Very inconsistent, and I've talked about him a million times on this podcast. I like consistent guys. I want to know I can put him in, and I really have to mess around with my roster too much. So I'm, I'm kind of avoiding the Eagles this year until Jalen Hurts proves that he can legitimately, consistently, actually, and factually. <laughs> Every single week, <laughs> I just, <laughs> just every week. I need the consistency, man. If I'm starting somebody on my team, I need the consistency. So Mike Evans or AJ Brown? If you're taking a receiver right there, gotta be Evans. Mike Evans for me. Yeah, God, I've always Ke avoided Mike Evans, but I probably would take Mike Evans. Keenan yeah. Allen or AJ Brown? Keenan Allen. Oh, you already know that. Yeah, that's an easy one. Uh, he was talking about being consistent. <laughs> like, yeah. Of course he's taking Keenan. T. Higgins or A.J. Brown? I'll go A.J. on that one. Ah, God, I, I don't want to keep agreeing with you, but yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's, a, that's a close one in my opinion. But yeah, I would. I, I love T. as a player too, but his value or his ADP seems a bit inflated right now just because yeah. of how he ended the year last year. I mean, there's still other mouths to feed on, this, on their – and we'll get to that when we talk about him, but – he seems a little a little a little spicy right now. For sure. And you know, getting back to AJ too. I mean, you talk about the inconsistency with Devontae Smith last year, but I mean, he was a rookie. He's we, we all know he's very slight. Yeah. Um so he's getting used to the NFL, you know, and the play the physicality of that. He had inconsistent quarterback play, which I think I think we're all in a, in you know, uh on the same page here. Agreement? Agreement. Thank oh, you, Jesus. Jesus. Holy shit, it's been a long day. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Um, with Jalen Hurts, we think he's going to step it up this year and be be better at playing quarterback, which should which should help Devontae Smith as well. Um, but the thing is that I 
the only reason I don't really love AJ Brown where his ADP is at is because he is learning a brand new offense with a brand new quarterback that he has been a part of yet. That's where, a good point. Where Devontae's coming in with Jalen Hurts with that you know history behind them, that's gonna help them build build off of it and you know go into greater things. So I like yeah again coming back to ADPs, Devontae Smith over AJ Brown all day long. Real quick, um, I just want to throw this question at you: Devontae Smith or Rashad Bateman? Devontae. Fuck! This year, I'm honestly liking Rashad. I'm Rashad, quite a bit. Rashad. For I just, sure. I have. At least I saw something from Devontae last year. We saw basically nothing from Rashad Bateman. Yeah, but he's the bona fide number one wide receiver now. Bateman, I think we saw flashes like. I, yeah, but I mean, I, he's good. Is player, he really the, No, I, I'm not saying he's not. I was with on. you. I was with you. <laughs> Yo, hey, we said it last year on this podcast. So when we're talking about Rashad Bateman, he is bait, man. Because he will, he will bait you in. Maybe I said it because I'm always doing the puns. But he will bait you in. Pretty starting good bet him. That you're the one who said that. Yeah, <laughs> but he will bait you in. starting him, but another inconsistent guy. But a different wide receiver situation last year. My so bigger, I understand. honestly, just one last thing with Bateman. My biggest concern is that this offense seems to be leaning farther and farther into the running game, and so that basically they're going to throw the ball what maybe 18 times a year a game. Like this is not enough to go around when you also have Mark Andrews to probably t- take 12 of those targets. <laughs> I hope they throw yeah. the ball more than that. That'll be an but. interesting team to talk about. They literally have like five or six legitimate starting running backs in the NFL. Right. Or guys who would be borderline starters. They have a super deep running back room. All on the PUP. But maybe we should quit debateman, Bateman, you know? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Washington Commanders? Uh, sir, yes, sir. Wait, you're going to... You was gonna skip go there? Oh, did I? Yeah. Did we not go there? You yeah. didn't go there. Oh. <laughs> you gotta go there. Definitely go there. Oh, what do you want to say about that? Or go there, there. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would take Dallas go there almost over everyone on the Dallas Cowboys team. Uh, wow. That's where I want to go there. Dallas over uh, Dallas. Dallas over Dallas. Wow. I mean, just in terms of like where they're being drafted right now, I like. Dallas Goddard in you know the eighth round right now. Yeah, hey, that, that feels the, good to me. Leave the puns up to me, dude. Okay, first of all, <laughs> that, that's my niche. Okay, no, okay. My, <laughs> my bad. Sorry for stealing your thunder. Yeah, you're stepping in my, the heat. You're in the wrong territory. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the wrong colors. Uh, no, Dallas um, Goddard in the in the seventh round right now. Seventh or eighth, depending on you know the size of your team. But I'm saying, yeah, if you uh, definitely if you draft Jalen, you know, and you, you still don't have a tight end. I kind of like that stack right there. Yeah. Boom, boom. Bang, bang. I'm fucking beam, beam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Getting more futuristic as we go. Boom, boom. Bang, bang. Beam, beam. But. <laughs> pew, pew. Dude, I'm standing. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Yo, I'm, I've been, I'm going to stand firm on like my late tight end strategy this year for drafting. Like we still got Cole Komet, Pat Firemuth back there. Depending on how the draft goes, I I'm gonna hold fast for those guys. So that he's not enough of a talent where you're gonna take him in the seventh. You you hold off at that point. It depends on how my team goes. If I'm getting into the seventh round and I got two stud like running backs I believe in, solid receiving core, quarterbacks that I'm waiting for in like the ninth, eighth round, I might do it. Okay. Now can we go to the Washington Commanders, Tyler? Yes. Okay. Sir, yes, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, Washington <laughs> Commanders, obviously, uh, new new name, new quarterback. Um, what else is new with these guys? Still got the poop water. <laughs> their, their owner's still a douchebag. Owner's still a douchebag. I think we all decided on fuck, Mary kill. We'd all kill him. Oh, yeah. That was a fun one. <laughs> it was easy. Yeah, well, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's start with uh, the biggest question mark, I think, on this team right now, <clears throat> Antonio Gibson. Um, obviously, they fought to bring back J.D. McKissick. They drafted Brian Robinson out of Alabama. Uh, Gibson's been hurt the last couple of years, but still finished as a top 12 running back, I think, both years. Um, running back 16 right now and going 33rd overall. Mm, that that's someone that I've never particularly liked. This offense is weird. It's honestly a huge question mark to me every year. The only people that ever stand you out don't to like me, RB ones. I, I, I don't know how it happens. It, it ends up happening, but I'm always I'm always scared of him. I don't know why. Yeah. And like this year, what? So what's his overall? He's going thirty six. Uh, he is going um thirty three. Thirty three. 
So what? right next to like James Conner, Cam Akers, um, Zeke. Yeah, those guys that we had in our poll that we had on our Twitter at the FF Fathers. <laughs> but I mean, he's going ahead of Josh Jacobs. I'm not doing that. Slightly. Hell yeah. no. I mean, it's Hell pretty no. close, but yeah. What Josh about, Jacobs is 41 right now. What about him or Brees Hall? Brees Hall is deeper than that. A couple he's picks. 46. Oh, man, these are changing <clears throat> fast. What are we? Are you looking at the same thing as me? Fantasy Pros, half PPR? Y- yes, sir. Is it half PPR? Y- yes, sir. Is mine not? It's not? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and answers <That's> that. <laughs> I think for the first year um, since Antonio Gibson blessed us with his presence in the league. I wouldn't say that. Maybe, maybe graced. I was so hyped. And you know what? It's paid off the last couple of years, but for the first year, I think I'm officially out on Antonio Gibson. Welcome to the club. Where he's <laughs> where he's being drafted. The fact that they drafted another running back, they brought back J.D. McKissick. Last year was supposed to be his – he was supposed to be Christian McCaffrey-type role. Mm-hmm. And I just – I think Ron has completely shifted from that to, um, you know, let's get more bodies in here and let's keep him healthy, which could turn into a good thing. But, like I said, he's been in, in RB1 the last two years. Is that his ceiling? You know what I mean? Like a top 12 guy. Have we seen the ceiling, and is it going to taper off? You know, I mean, sir, I think he has a talent to be more than that. And but one, he's not getting the, the touches when he is healthy, and he's not healthy most of the time, right? And that's your biggest issue. And yeah, so just for record, he did finish twelfth in his rookie year and thirteenth last year, last year or vice versa, whatever. Twelve and thirteen last year. So, and the other thing about this is that. Uh, Rivera's already come out this obviously season saying that we will see Gibson's usage vary drastically from week to week. Yeah. Well, he, and that's what it already it already was that. Like I don't even understand. I know, that. but for him to come out and just say that, like most coaches yeah. aren't gonna come out and just say that like that. He also said he's gonna be Christian McCaffrey last year. So yeah. I mean I don't know, man. I mean I, I don't know how much um I love Ron Rivera as a coach, but I don't know how much I <laughs> believe I, what he says. But I will media. say, you know, in the third round you're depending on the way your draft went, you're likely drafting him as your RB two and you're not relying on him to be your RB one. Sure, and that's scenario, and to give you yeah. the upside of an RB one that's your RB two, like I don't mind where he's being drafted right now. Okay. Um Terry McLaurin, wide receiver seventeen, uh forty fourth overall with Carson Wentz as his quarterback. I mean yeah. Dude, is Carson Wentz as bad as everyone's making it seem? No, probably. Um, he showed like flashes last year, but at the same time, think about it this way. Like he had Michael Pittman as his number one receiver last year, and Michael Pittman re- finished his receiver 17 and, P- and half PPR. So I think that you should probably expect similar numbers from McLaurin because there's no other competition on the offense. That yeah. is a great fucking point. And I was hoping you would say something like that. <laughs> I think the issue with Carson is like he plays hurt, you know, when he does get injured, like he still plays and just sucks. It's like, I get it. You're a football guy. You know, you want to play, you know, you're not, you're not injured. You're just hurt. But at the same time, it's like, damn, dude, makes some some pretty dumb decisions. Yeah. Some of the (laughs) decisions. Pretty often. God, some of the decision making you see from him, you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like you look like an eight year old out there. Yeah. You know, you're just like throwing the ball and like just up in the air. It's it's ridiculous, but that doesn't mean that I think Scary Terry is still a well worthwhile receiver to be drafting, especially you know in the fourth round. So that's another guy you're probably getting as your receiver number two, anyways. And so getting him, you know, he's has the potential to be a top tier receiver number two, or you know, low tier receiver number one. Michael Pittman or Terry McLaurin. <laughs> Pittman for me. Yeah, Pittman. All day. Pittman, yeah, but that's only because of the quarterback change. Matt Ryan in Indianapolis, I think, does wonders for that offense. Terry McLaurin or DK Metcalf? Before you answer that, I'm just going to say Michael Pittman is a great value right now. Matt Ryan's going to be slinging that shit. Yeah, I think so too. That's the thing. Like These are the types of guys he's going around. Like I don't know. I just don't – I don't ever find myself drafting him because of the type of players he's going around. You know, Deontay Johnson, Michael Pittman. Would you take him over DK? Yeah, I think I would. I think I would too this year. Yeah. Oh yeah, this year for sure. We have no idea what's happening. 
And I'll be honest, it, it, Drew Locke or Geno Smith, oh, they end up getting Jimmy G somehow, some way. That honestly changes my opinion about their receivers. Absolutely zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if anything, Drew Locke might be a better option for them fantasy-wise. Jimmy Garoppolo cannot throw the goddamn ball. Yeah, I mean, we don't care how many picks Drew Locke throws. Just keep throwing it up there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it sounds crazy, but I'm being serious. Yeah, that's how it is for me. Um, Jahan Dotson, you know, after trashing Carson Wentz here, I'm going to say that, you know, I, I've kind of been taking him with last picks in the draft or at the very near the very end. He's just going super deep. Like, I know he's a rookie, but this is a guy that was drafted, what, 15th in the draft yeah it was first round so like it was pretty early in the first round uh wide receiver 69 overall right now 177 uh overall that is pretty deep down there for these rookie wide receivers that's that's like undrafted territory man like he can play yeah it's undrafted basically he can really like he can play um i think you were highest on him um on our rankings when we looked at rookies i have to go back and take coming into the draft i I can't remember but if you want to check those out we did preseason well i guess early off season before the draft running back and wide receiver rankings pretty interesting he's a dog so i've been taking shots on him just because you know hopefully they can give him the ball in creative ways um smaller guy but yeah i just think it'll be one of those playmakers that carson Wentz will be able to look to I I do like him. It's someone I would probably snag maybe in like the last couple of rounds. Yeah, it's a last pick type of player. I mean, uh, who else is going around that area? Any interesting names? Do you have that up right now? I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess. Uh, I mean, maybe take a George later on Pickens, the fly around him. Um, Jacoby Myers. Mm, yeah, I'd rather have DJ Jahan. Shark. Oh fuck! That's uh, sounds horrible, but I'm still. I was bitten by the shark, man. <laughs> like, I don't know why I'm still thinking about him, and I'm still interested. It, it's fucking horrible. Um. So yeah, I don't know. He's a guy. Like I would take him over all those guys I mentioned as a flyer, late round flyer. Yeah. So I finally, I finally found it. Uh, James, you had Jahan as your seventh receiver. Uh, Trey did not have him ranked because he only ranked four. I don't fucking call me out, dude. He's, he watches enough. He watches as much film as goddamn Kyler Murray. <laughs> That's actually in my new contract for this year. You guys have to watch four hours of film a week on college receivers. Uh, I actually also had John as the seventh, so we had him about the same. Um, yeah, I mean it's worth a flyer. He and like we've been talking about earlier, like he's probably going to go as a receiver. He's going to be the, probably the receiver number two on this offense. So. He's gonna get some looks for sure, you know. So, I think he's absolutely worth a flyer at the end of the at the end of the draft. What about Logan Thomas at the end of the draft? If oh. you punted uh, tight end, yo, can I kind of lead this off here? How quickly we have forgotten how great Logan Thomas was two years ago, right before the injury season happened last year. A guy that was um, here's my thing, dude. I would rather take Gerald Everett, who's actually has a. Higher ADP than him, or lower, however you want to say that, but higher, I guess. He's uh, Gerald Everett is uh, 197 with the Los Angeles Chargers. That's pretty decent. Is he, who else is tied in there, though? They have uh, Donald Parham? Nobody. Parham? Donald Parham. Nah. Nah. I mean, that's a pretty, uh, I, I do like that one also, but how quickly we've forgotten that, you know, in the 2020 season, Logan Thomas was playing borderline 100% of the snaps, finished at number three in PPR, number eight in standard leagues. Very, very productive. Six touchdowns. He had 110 targets. I mean, we're talking an old team, two fucking names ago, basically, at this point. Yeah, like how many years ago was that? It was 2020, man. I'm, oh. not, I'm not reading a goddamn history book. <laughs> <laughs> what decade are we talking about? This is like NFL film, so in 1970. <laughs> yeah. But he's he's he is very capable, and if he's feeling good and healthy this year, I, I don't know if I'd take a late flyer on him, but I have him on my watch list and say I have tight end troubles going on. I would have no problem picking him up and just trying to let it fly. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I mean, and if you're a type of guy who likes to keep a backup tight end on your roster, I think he's worth the flyer that way. 
And but if Logan, you're that guy, you're probably losing games. <laughs> well, but not on how big your your rosters are. You know, some some teams like to go really deep on the bench for whatever reason. So, um, Logan Thomas has always showed, always been those guys like he flash potential, flash potential, flash potential, and finally two years ago he hit, and you're like, yes, this is what we've been waiting for. Here it is. And last year he got hurt, so he's shown he can be this guy now. We know it's a it can be as long as he stays healthy. He is starting the tra- train camp on the PUP list, which isn't really a big deal because they can be activated on that off of that at any point before the season starts and not miss any games. So, but yeah, I think he's worth a flyer late round. I mean, he's just the guy. And as Trey found out last week, if you ever want to go see Logan Thomas play quarterback at Virginia Tech, go see his highlights. They're pretty sick. Oh my God, they're amazing. But let me ask you this, local guru James, you might also know this. Does Ron Rivera call the plays? Oh, he's a defensive guy. Okay. Um, do you know how long their play caller has been there? Has he been there over the last two seasons? I think he's been there with Rivera the whole time. So before Logan Thomas got hurt, he continued the same exact trend that was happening in 2020. Play He played 100% of the snaps the first three weeks of the season before he got hurt. And his lowest game was seven points, which isn't the best. But that is a nice floor for a tight end if you're talking outside of the plateau of premier tight ends. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, who wins the division? The Eagles. I already told you. I'm going on to Caesars like next week, dog. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. do it on at work because I drive by. I drive past the casino. I'm just gonna pull over, tell them I had to take a really long shit, and I'm gonna spend some time at Caesars. I want it to be the Eagles, but it'll probably be the Cowboys. Now I'm going to the Eagles too. I think Jalen Hurts takes a big leap forward, <laughs> and then and also I think the cow the Cowboys defense was really good last year they're gonna take a step back they lost a lot of players and i just don't know they're gonna be able to have the same type of season who is your biggest value in fantasy right now for these four teams hmm. Ooh, man you should have gave gave us a little bit of time to think about that I'll give you mine it's ezekiel elliott okay that's a pretty good one that's a pretty good one i'll take Devonte. Honestly, I was on it as the first person I thought of before I started scanning the list that we got here for you know with our overall ADPs on there. I would say, I mean, it's probably Logan Thomas. I'm kidding though. It's not. <laughs> it's definitely not. Um, you guys really have the best answers. It's it's well, it's, either, it's either Zeke or Devonta. Devonta is another another one that you could you could throw in there. I think. Yeah. No, I, I, I take it back. Devonta Smith and Jalen Hurts. There you go. Not Zeke. Because Zeke's a little too high. He could still take... Uh, oh, yeah. Saquon's ahead of him. Never mind. I'll stop talking. <laughs> Any closing arguments? No, I don't think so. Uh, Logan Thomas, put him on your watch list. Someone that will be very, very valuable. Use the watch list. I've talked about it a million times before. Use the watch list. It helps you keep track of guys. I'm horrible about it. I have like 30 plus guys on mine. <laughs> but it lets me keep track of them, man. I clean the watch list every, yeah. every once in a while, too. I'm not going to wash the watch but list. I mean, <laughs> I mean, depending on what platform you're, you're using, like, use the tools they give you. Yeah. They're there for a reason. We for were sure. cavemen. We started out as cavemen. Use the tools, man. Use the tools. There's a lot of them. All right. That's going to do it for the NFC East. Um, we'll be back with another episode soon in the near future covering another division probably the AFC East keep an eye out for that thank you all for listening at the FF Fathers on Twitter later <laughs>